Howdy partners. Welcome to another episode with myself and Tom. And today we're going to be talking about co-success. I'm personally really excited about this one because I feel that it might be a bit under talked about because it's not focused on net new revenue, but it does have a massive impact in the long-term benefits of partnerships. So Tom will be our expert for today. Tom, how's it going? Um, it's going well. We, we are in full fall weather here in the Rockies. Um, leaf peeping is happening on a very frequent basis. We've got a lot of good color changes in the trees. Leaf um, peeping. Leaf like peeping. That's at... a, that is a, that is a very standard term. If you live near the Rockies or live near the mountains, um, in the fall, people go to the mountains to go leaf peeping. You've got beautiful colors, beautiful pictures, get some, get some pics for the, the gram and all that stuff. But no, it's great. I love fall football is back. Um, my wife and I went to a concert last night, at Red Rock. So we are, we're ready. I love it. Yep. We're seeing the same here. Rain and snow will be upon us in Canada soon. So co-success, um, we, so again, as the audience knows, or if you haven't listened to this before, Tom comes from both sides of the partnership engagement, both on the agency side and the tech side. And when it comes to co-success, Tom, I would love mm -hmm. to get your idea of what's that like first step and story that people in partnerships at, let's say, a tech company need to understand and dive into before really leaning into a co-success model? What are, what are the first things they need to do? Yeah. Um, so I saw this post and I can't remember who, who put it up on LinkedIn, but it was, it was to me, one of the most, um, one of the most eye-opening kind of like, Hey, let's take a step back and understand kind of like how we approach partnerships. Cause I think one of the biggest, um, mindset uh, aspects that I see maybe fail a lot is, is, when you're in partnerships and you know you're gaining traction, you're acquiring, let's just say, service agency partners. Um, you know, and it's a good some sometimes it's a good mindset to be in. Like you think that all of your partnerships are just going to be amazing. They're going to drive loads of rev gen. They're going to drive you know qualified like five to ten qualified ops every month. And I think that's just not a realistic approach that's the pie in the sky. That's what you want down the road. But, but this post was, was super glaring in the sense that like, you know, SaaS companies, you know, look at, if I'm a, if I'm partnerships in SaaS, my customer base could be in the thousands, right? I could have, you know, tens of thousands of customers. When I look at an, um, an agency partner, they, they have a fraction of that. So I, I guess just understanding your realistic output from a, an agency partner, even a tech partner for that matter, is one of those items where, you know, you are starting to understand and grasp the organization and you're going to inherently uh, approach partnerships in, in maybe a more real sense than just like, hey, you know, they're going to drive 100K in, in pipe in the next two years. Like that, that's just not it. Um, but if you could, if you approach it in a proper manner, then that might become a reality. It's just how you, you need to, you need to level set on the idea that, your your partners are just going to have the same customer base that you do as a SaaS product, and it's just not real. Yeah, and so what are some of the main things that let's uh, let's use the agency um, yeah. partner as an example? What are some of the main things that a partner professional needs to focus on when thinking about how does this partnership become successful? Uh, what are maybe two elements that they should focus on in better understanding their partner? Yeah, so I think 
I think from the the get go, um, a partner partner manager or someone who's owning partnership relationships um, should really understand how agencies work, uh, and and that's that's hard to do. Like it's easy for me to say because I came from an agency, uh, and that's something that you and I talked about a lot when when we were working together. Is like how do we really wrap our minds around how these partnerships are set up as businesses? So one of the one of the things that is really hard to skip because it 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 takes a lot, it takes some time is understanding who that partner is. Like, how is their company set up? What can they service, right? There, there are, there are different styles of agencies. You know, you've got very niche ones that focus on, you know, uh, creative folks on web design development, uh, product launch, right? Like apps, but then there's the more full service agencies that can do content generation, web development, uh, video production, uh, sales enablement is a really big one. So uh, just understanding kind of the ecosystem of how your your agencies are set up is a really, really critical step to understanding, okay, where can I, where can I start to kind of like insert or work with teams that will drive success, that will understand our product, that will be at kind of like the front lines of, of pushing that. Um, and then I think another, another similar, um, another similar note there, but very different is how do your partners go to market and more so like than like yeah we can we can write blogs we can you know design your website it's much more about how they price because as you'll see with a lot of uh, agencies there are there are some that uh, are very value-based pricing so they you know give you a price tag on a monthly basis quarterly basis annual whatever it is and all the objective state is we are trying to hit these goals and we will do whatever it takes in our power, in our expertise to achieve that success. So on the flip side, you've got a lot of agencies that will price out by points or by like a menu system. So, you know, a blog is worth four points. Um, a landing page is worth 10 points. And on a monthly basis, you know, their clients buy a certain amount of points. And we can go into detail about you know, my opinion on, on, on what partners and how they price, um, how that affects successful partnerships, but we'll save that for another episode. The most, the most important thing here is there, you can attack and be successful in partnerships by understanding how their business is set up, set up, what they, what they can execute on, what's their expertise and how they price it out. Because as you start to deliver or understand what co-success means, or really understanding how partnerships flourish is by knowing how to position technology. And that's a really important step. So if you know that, then, then great. And I think it's a, once again, one of those things where if you have a lot of partnerships or you are managing a portfolio of 30 to 50 partnerships, that, that can be tough to do, but I think it's really important. And it, it actually doesn't take that much time because you're going to see a lot of common uh, trends and, and how they're set up and you'll just know inherently, okay, what this means, who you should be talking to. Yeah. And I would say all of that still applies to tech partners as well. I know we were using agencies as the example, but for tech partners, it's the, the same thing. How are they actually delivering success to their clients? Because that is inevitably going to play a role in how they will deliver sex, success to your clients. And yeah. of course, how your teams can collaborate or what kind of nuances there are going to be. So really understand your businesses, 
or your partner's business model in terms of how they go to market, yeah. what are their competencies? And then of course, yeah, how are they pricing? What's the structure? Because you know, you could be a cheaper tool. And if you're working with a tech partner, it could be a much more expensive tool. Right. So the entire interaction is going to be potentially extremely different because maybe there's more of a hands-on implementation because it's a larger contract and there's more people involved. So you really need to yeah. understand those nuances so that when you are delivering success, it's it's completely aligned. So, um, well, in sorry, Will, you actually yep. brought up a really good point because if we are if we're broad speak here, thinking about tech partners, that is that is so much more in like a, a microscopic lens of needing to understand how their sales process works, um, you know, their customer base, and because like even from we talked about like the the stark contrast between an agency client portfolio and a SaaS company portfolio of customers. But even from SaaS company to SaaS company, there can be very glaring differences and in, in understanding their sales motion versus yours makes it very easy for you to kind of like build that, that mechanism so that you're not stepping on their toes because you want them to sell their product first. That's they work there. They're making money from that company, but how can you make them more of that multi-solutions architect versus like a single point solution that, that, that you, that's critical. I love that. And uh, we'll be getting into the multi-solution yeah. architect, which I, I like the way you ordered that. So what's the, <laughs> what's, uh, what's the next step then? So I'm a partner manager and I figured out, cracked the code on my partner's business model. What do I do next? Um, well, what's next on, you get a gold star for cracking the business model first and foremost. I, so once you start to evolve or, or once you start to see that, you know, this partner's performing um, in whatever, you know, kind of KPIs or measurements that is, I think aligning partnerships to the rest of your organization is something that is going to be talked about a lot. And it's uh, you, I mentioned this when I was um, on the panel with Jesse is that partnerships, partnership people need to be the biggest cheerleaders in themselves because partnerships is still so new. It's so nebulous. Like a lot of companies are like, Whoa, we got a partnership team. Um, and, you know, leadership might say, see this as like a, a really um, ideal investment because they see that partnerships drives revenue, but the sales org, the CX org, a lot of these other uh, really important verticals in your company need to know about it too, because ultimately as you start to mature and I, I emphasize mature because one of the things that makes this really successful is by understanding that you have a, a very, um, well-oiled partnerships machine going like your partners are craving more they're driving business they're driving revenue and now what you start to do is shout it from the rooftops because you know much like every company has its own issues you know SaaS companies are going to have churn they're going to have uh, ops go to competitors and so if you can start to say to your sales org um, hey, you know, like, let's bring a partner in to help you with the sale or maybe like speed this up or like why it's important or why, why um, a partner might be a really good fit to help execute on a, uh, you know, like a video strategy, you know, let's just use a video marketing tool. Um, you know, in the sales process, you'll understand if you, you've got a, a confident wing of partners in the background that can help kind of like push things over the line, you can drive their success a lot more by saying, listen, X customers about to sign. I know they're not very tech savvy. Like I, I'm really concerned about their adoption of the tool set. I wonder if I can align a partner to help enable and onboard them to make them a more confident user and adopter of the tool. That's the that's kind of like that internal mindset 
And I know I'm kind of going on a tangent here. I tend to do that, but all that to say is um, internal teams aside from partnerships can leverage partners to drive value or help them kind of like succeed or, uh, or save churn rates. So like the other side of this is like the CX team. CX is well aware of customers that are, uh, you know, kind of like flatlining or, or don't have a pulse and are about to churn. So once again, you know, if you understand, or if it's uh, uh, the CX org, the sales org, whoever it is in your company knows that you have partners behind them that can execute on X, Y, and Z, then it's, it's, they should be very, very quick to say like, listen, it seems like you're not getting the tool set. I'm, I like, I want to make sure that you uh, see our tech as, as useful, but would it make sense for me to align you with a partner that can help uh, can really help you flourish or drive forward with our technology. Cause that's that, that now you're talking about LTV coming in. I just think partners inside of an organization besides the partnership team can be so much, can be way more utilized than it currently is. And it's really hard to do, but like the people that get it will get it quickly and see the success. Yeah. And so to, to summarize for that, um, the best way to, figure out where those puzzle pieces are is to do an analysis on what is the internal success model? How is your team currently delivering success? Yeah. What do they actually do? You know, like, are they, yes. uh, what does their day-to-day -day look like? Um, and then of course, doing some interviews or collecting some data on what kind of information are they receiving back from the customers? Do they have inquiries about, you know, certain technologies or certain yeah. uh, assistance that they need? That's all going to inform how the partners fit into the, the puzzle. And then of course, uh, what can they not do? Uh, or what can your software not do? What are the gaps? And that will, of course, again, then inform how your partner program can deliver more success to the client and have that co-success motion starting to go. So in short, the three things would be what do the success people actually do in the organization? Right. What are they getting inquiries about from the client? And what can't they do or what can't your software do that would be gaps that could be filled from partners? Yeah. And yes, you summarize that so elegantly, but <laughs> like a, a perfect example is, you know, a lot of, a lot of SaaS companies will, you know, have professional service teams that, that can, you know, execute on some semblance of work, but inevitably, you know, your, your ceiling on what you can execute on or what you're willing to execute on is, is pretty small. Um, and it, it, it rings so true because like, to your point, it takes so much preparation. That's why I say this is not for the faint of heart. You need to have a mature partnership program moving, but it takes time to inter like get with the CX team, get with the sales team to understand like what are their pain points, what are the common friction like, friction points that they see, where they're you know like they're churning clients. Like why is that happening? And once you understand the why behind you know some of their gaps or their pain points, you can then kind of present this this ensemble of like, well, I've got several partners that might be able to help you. So like, how do we, how can I, how can we help you help yourself by knowing that there's going to be certain, um, certain points in your customer's life cycle where a partner could come in and help you. And it, it would be a no brainer, but it, the problem is like, you need to, that takes time. You have to train them. You have to like present in front of the CX team. You've got to work that up. So like, it's kind of like building a business model outside of your current business model. And it, it, it's awesome when it works. Um, it's sometimes like 
you know, you want to bang your head through a wall when, you know, like you've said it so many times, like a partner could help you, a partner could help you, a partner could help you. You just got to stick with it, right? Like keep going because once you see it work, it will be great. Yeah. And so let's uh, talk about how we can bridge the gap between what our partners can do and what we can't do or what we need to deliver more success to clients. What, uh, what are some of the things that a partner person can do to help to build that internal alignment, whether it's data points or uh, even activities to run as well? What, um, what would you say to someone who said, okay, great. I've done, you know, step one, step two, I figured out those two things. Uh, now what do I do? How do I make that bridge? Yeah. So I I kind of spoiled it, but I I think the idea of data points are great. So like we just talked about the CX team and we're just going to keep focusing on CX because I think agencies, like if we're sticking in the agency model, agencies biggest impact will most likely be revenue, but like you will see it much more in the lifetime value of a customer because you have experts that are working with customers day in, day out, and they're not just focusing on executing their work. They're focusing on maintaining their technology. So um, yeah, it's when you have data points uh, or when you figure out the data points that matter to um, a partner organization, I think is really important. Like first and foremost, we talked about the partner first, like what's going to be really important to them. Uh, are they, you know, like focused on their ARR? Are they focused on customer expansion? Because if they're focused on customer expansion, now we can start talking about the product led growth movement of like, how do you scale up technology? But more importantly, based on what they can execute, you know, what services have you helped them develop around your product? Okay. Now we come over to CX. What data points are they really focused on? Churn rates, uh, you know, lifetime value, and then upsell opportunity, right? So like they're very key points that you can then start to build um, a, a, once again, like a business presentation, like a, oh man, a, like just a, a roadmap for how you can help them hit their goals without really needing to help them out. Like it's really going to be bridging and driving a lot of co-success between a partner organization and your CX team. And once those uh, building the process is really important, like when a CX team is, is uh, in the mindset that partners can help them save and reduce churn rates, you are going to be that middleman and, and you are a middle person. You're, you are going to be the quarterback to understanding what that process should be. How do you, how does it best succeed? How do you not step on a, other partners toes? Cause you know, like you're going to have several partnerships that probably, well, I will state the fact you will have several partnerships that want a symbiotic kind of like a revolving revenue stream from your organization as well, whether that's doable or not, it's all about how you present it. But in that, in that model, you have to kind of be open to the fact that there's going to be several verticals, several agencies or several partners that can help execute and not picking your favorite. It's going to be really hard. No, it's not going to be hard to do, but you just can't do it. Um, so I hope that helped answer your question. I feel like it didn't, but if you focus on what's critical or the goals to a specific, uh, internal org, CX sales, uh, support, even supports a great one that we haven't really touched on, depending on what your product is, all, all you do at that point is then align with agencies and start to build this model that allows you to build first and then train the CX team second. Right. Cause like, you're not trying to overstep on, on what they're doing. You're just trying to help them out. 
And if, yeah. if they're like, Hey, we can help you out. Let's talk about it. Nice. And so I, I will, I'll do the summarizing again, which is, which is great. I love all the information all that you're giving on, on apple cider. <laughs> there you go. About to go for some leaf peeping uh, yeah. right after this. Um, so from what you said, it sounds like basically you're doing two gap analyses where you're doing the gap analysis or I guess, you know, how they fill the gap for the partner and then the gap analysis for your existing organization. And then you're essentially connecting the dots of, okay, so here's the gap, here's the goal. And how do we connect the two of what the competencies are on either side so that we can deliver that co-success to the client. And so um, what you'll be able to do in doing, you know, step one, step two that we talked about earlier is you'll have those data points and those puzzle pieces of, okay, so partners good at this, we're about at, bad at this. How does that then connect and how does that then impact the business as well? You'll have a lot of that information and you can make uh, a really educated guess on, okay, so here's the connection. Now let's start testing it. And so yeah. um, let's wrap it up with one tactical tip. So we know that it's hard to get internal buy-in and of course to get programs running. What is your number one tactical tip that you would give to anyone in partnerships who is looking to create a co-success motion? And uh, we talked a lot about CX today, so yeah. um, perhaps it could be focused on that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, so I, I think it, my tactical takeaway starts with what we talked about first, which is if you can build better knowledge about how your partnership companies are built, established, and, you know, running, it will allow you to then align your product and, and what's going to be most important for your product around specific partnerships. Because the, the long game here is if I understand partnerships and I understand the company, how they sell, how their organization is built, then what I'm going to pick up over time is what they can execute on or what they can be brought in to help drive value with other, other organizations or sorry, other, other internal departments like CX. So the tactical takeaway there is like, just start understanding how your partnership companies are built. And you'll actually have a lot more output than you think, like you'll understand, you know, are you working with the right teams? Um, are you, are you aligned towards like their goals and what they're building? Cause down the road, and I know this from the agency side, I knew that we were really good at building out, you know, video strategies or, or executing on video production. Cause that's the wing of the, the, the side of business I was on. And if that aligns really nicely to a specific product, and I know that from a partnership side, then it's a natural fit for how you then help CX, uh, you know, salvage churn rates because you can now provide a partner that can help this customer who so needs a video strategy developed, build a video strategy. Um, and it, it's, we're not talking about anything massive. Just start writing down, like, what do they do? What do they execute on? What are they really good at? And how does that line up with maybe specific products or specific features in your products? That, that can align nicely towards service development, scaling, um, helping your sales team and helping your CX team. I love that. It's very, very much so the, the mapping and what this is eventually going to do for your success team as well is let's say in the lens of tech partners, if they're mapping all of these things out across, or you're mapping it for them across, you know, five, 10 different tech partners, you'll have almost like your own little ecosystem that you can then give to the CX team where you can say, hey, if your customer's having this problem, yes. you should recommend this technology. And that just brings that extra layer of trust and expertise 
um, that your CX team can deliver when they get those inquiries. So I yep. love the the mapping and like really simplifying into those data points that we mentioned of what they're good at, what we're bad at, and where does it fit and how does it align with the businesses. Yeah, um, and just and, to, sorry, yep. just to touch on one other thing, because I want to I want to bring this to the other side, which is the tech partnerships. You know, the same thing goes for tech. Um, you know, if you, you if you have X product and your your tech partner has Y product, and you're talking about driving co-success together. The really cool thing is like you guys, both organizations should still look at service partners as kind of that triad play to say like, listen, I've got, and, and you'll hear this so many times, like, Hey, what agencies are you guys partnering with as well? Because now you have this closed knit group of agencies that know both products and can execute so well on both in the tech stack. It, it, it rings true for both sides. Yep, one hundred percent, and uh, that is the the ecosystem play. And yep. I will leave everyone with this one last thing in terms of what you can implement today: develop one relationship with one CX person yes. and try and get them to test because you need to validate and on some level you need those internal champions. So um, if you haven't already, develop a relationship with someone on the CX team and then just start you know drip, dripping them those little bits of value so that they'll eventually execute with you on the Ask ideas them and programs keeps that them up have. at night. Yep. Yep. Nice. Like, and, and you'll find, you will find a partner the next day that can help them. Love it. We're going to end it there. Tune awesome. in next time for some more amazing Howdy Partners, tactical tips and stories. Thank you so much for listening. Bye everyone.